0: there's an innate thing inside us that is fight or flight response, right? Like if you don't feel free, it's almost like something's threatening, threatening you. So it's gonna cause you some sort of anxiety. i think mean, it starts with gratitude. Ultimately, if you can't have gratitude, then you'll always have this, this mindset of being a victim. Sometimes you don't accept what's happened and the reality of it.
1: Do you think you would be in this frame of mind with this level of success? if these events hadn't happened to you. Absolutely not. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, For those listening, I have on the podcast today, Chris Bowman. So we actually recorded our first podcast nearly 12 months ago, which is crazy how how quick that time's gone. Yeah. So um, flown by, flown by. Um. So, really quick intro. Chris, tell my listeners who you are.
0: Yep. Yeah, so, uh, my name is Chris Bowman. I run uh, Elite Sports Performance here in Dubai, uh, which is a sports performance and rehab uh, center. Um, so we work with, you know elite athletes from the Premier League, tennis players, um, you name it, kind of, we've got it covered. Um, Also a lot of young athletes as well, who are kind of looking at pathways of how they can get into whatever sport that is. Um, We've got the, you know, the weekend warriors as well that come and see us Um, and uh, from a rehab point of view, obviously, you know, everything from gen pop to, to elite athletes. Um, So we see quite a large demographic of people. Being in Dubai, a large demographic of cultures um, as well, which is very enlightening for me, certainly. Being from a very small place up in the north of England, it's been a, <laughs> a really good experience over the last three years to, to experience many different cultures. Um,
1: yeah. So, yeah,
0: that's that's me, really.
1: You say it so casually. You're like, I work with elite performers, footballers, tennis coaches, just, just elite athletes, no big deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah um also I I love how you just said gem pop um someone else said gem pop to me the other day it was another coach and I was like thinking in my head what the hell is gem pop and I ha- I asked and he was like you're gonna hate yourself
0: <laughs> yeah. gem
1: population yeah. gem pop
0: yeah,
1: I was like what does yeah. it mean love it makes that. it sound
0: cool right it makes it sound <laughs> all cool and, hip and yeah yeah
1: Love that. Thanks for that intro and welcome back. Um, so we were just talking before we pressed record because when we did the podcast last year for are you U OK month um for the launch of my first series, um your podcast was such one of the most listened to. Um so I listened to it back and I was, you know, recapped on our conversation. And there was a few things that you mentioned which I feel like I would really love to go more in depth. And the concept of the new rebranding, so the podcast is now called "School Your Mind." Um, the podcast really of this this season is to have conversations that allow my listeners to just change their perspective. So we all go through challenges. We all go through so much different stuff, you know, on a day to day basis, and we all have to kind of like figure out how we we're going to move through these different challenges, and. Um, I would just really love to talk about how you have got to this place where you run a business, you're, you know, you're coaching these incredible people, uh, you're an incredible person yourself, you know, someone who so many people would look up to, um, but it didn't, it wasn't always like that. Um, so I know a little bit about your background and I'm just keen to share that with everybody who's listening. So yeah. let's start with, let's rewind, like, what were you doing before you're doing now
0: yeah so I mean I was in a kind of similar role but I was working for um, football clubs in the UK um, as a physiotherapist so I was at Bolton Wanderers, Cambridge United, Mansfield, Leeds United uh, before I I came out here Um, but during uh, my time at uh, at Bolton in Cambridge actually um, sadly I lost two friends to suicide uh, very close friends Um, and you know when I was 14 as well. I'd lost two uncles to suicide. So it kind of, that period in my life was pretty um, tumultuous, shall we say, because, you know, I was working in this high pressurized environment, um, you know, with, with elite athletes who are demanding people um, and also trying to grow in my career at an age, you know, I was 24 at the time. Um, so I'm at an age where I'm trying to really develop professionally and, you know, find myself at a place uh, that I want to be in the future. And then all of a sudden, bang, you know, big life event happens, traumatic life event. Um, and I think it resurfaced a lot of scars from when I was a teenager that maybe I was shielded from, um, and rightly so, you know, my parents shielded, the my mom particularly shielded me from, uh, from that because I was only young and I was about to do my GCSEs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and as an adult, you obviously, you know, you feel it, you feel it a lot more, I guess, don't you, as an adult, because you, you understand the context of, of what's going on. So, um, so, yeah, it was a pretty unhappy time. Um, work as well was a bit unstable. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, it now looking back, it drove me to, to probably a place where, if I was to have ever gone and seen a doctor, which never happened, I'd have probably been diagnosed with some form of depression, to be honest, at that point, because you, know, you just would. <laughs> I wasn't happy in my work, I wasn't happy in certain aspects of my life. And then all of a sudden two of my friends have been taken away. Um, you know, well before their time. So um so yeah, it was it was an upsetting time, but it you know, rather than I've never been one to kind of sit and know let things take hold of me too much and and it just made me wake up i guess and identify i guess the pillars of me as a human being what what sort of things do i believe are the you know the top five things that make me me which is you know socializing with my mates having a good time uh being a positive person rather than a negative person which I, i probably had sunk into some form of negativity um and also, you know, kind of, I'm an asp- I'm an aspiring guy. I, I want to. I'm a high achiever, if you will. I've got that kind of mindset. So, um, you know, what was I doing? I was just kind of stuck in a rut, really. Of like I say, this negativity felt like I wasn't really progressing, um, and I just had to kind of take control of the situation, really. Um, and as I explained on the previous podcast, I think you know. It was a year apart of, of, of my two friends um, passing away. And the first first time, you know, it was it, my reaction the second time around to the first time was, was chalk and cheese. Like the, the first time uh, was very much that kind of uh, wallowing in my own self pity and, you know, can't believe this has happened kind of vibe. Um, whereas the second time, you know, even though it was, you know, equally as upsetting. I kind of just realized that, you know, I, it's my life now moving forward. It's like, yeah. you know, the, the, the people that have, have done what they've done in terms of taking their lives, you know, didn't do it for me to remain upset for the rest of my life.
1: Mm. They did it
0: because they were in so much pain that there was no other way out for them. Yeah. Uh, and it was almost an acceptance of that. I think sometimes you don't accept what's happened and the reality of it um so yeah i just decided you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna live my dreams these ideas and things that i've been planning for a while you know dean when he passed away knew that i wanted to come to Dubai and create this business um so it was almost like a, oh go and do it then because you've yeah. told him about it but <laughs> What are you going to do? Are you going to sit here and cry for, for the rest of your days in the Northwest of England, or are you going to, you know, actually go and do and um, put action to your words sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, like I say, identifying the pillars of, of what made me, me, i.e. being a positive person, um, mm. exercise is a big part of my life. It always has been, always will be, um, you know, and, you know in social interaction with mates maybe i wasn't seeing my mates like i used to because of work and feeling like i, I didn't have the time or didn't have the energy to go and see them because then i work the next day well you just got to go and do it ultimately you're never going to regret going and seeing your mates and having a laugh yeah. um so yeah just just kind of back to basics identifying what they were and then then
1: uh
0: then Know, following through really is the other thing follow through with things
1: thank you so much for sharing that um you know this that's like you lost four people over such a, a wide space of time and to think of like how your you were at each age and what that then meant to you at that time is it really interesting to me but also you know I can't imagine how that would have felt in your perspective, it's happened again, and it's happened again. And what I would love to know is that, at what point did you, we, we talk a lot about how, you know, it's hard for us to find the emotions, specifically males, it's hard for us to actually find the emotions and, and deal with the emotions and actually allow them to show up instead of just suppressing, you know, suppressing and pushing it back and ignoring. How did How did you deal with that? Uh, were you a suppressor, or were you like, okay, I actually need to feel this? Uh,
0: to be honest, I was probably both at those different times. So, um, like I said, you know, the, the first time around in 2005, I was very young. It was it was not really something that. Well, in fact, no, I probably did suppress it for a while actually. Because I remember one particular occasion when I was at football training, and it, it sounds stupid, but like I was having an absolute nightmare at football training and I was always one of the better players. I was having a nightmare at training. And, uh, you know, I was the captain of the team and the coach said something to me, like, you know, as little as, know, come on, come on, Chris. Like, what's up? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I just lost, just broke down completely, broke down. And I was like, I've got to bury my uncle tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? And then, I mean the guy felt really bad. I, I felt i felt, now looking back, I'm like fucking it, like that's that's tough for a guy who didn't know the situation really because I'd not I'd not shared, no one had shared it. Um but uh so yeah the, there probably was some suppression there.
1: Yeah. Uh, but that, and then, that was probably because you 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 didn't know, you know, like that's yeah, yeah. you exactly. say 14 at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that probably wasn't a conscious decision for, from you to be like I don't want to feel this I want to suppress it was probably more like you didn't know like what was going on
0: yeah yeah exactly and and carrying on as normal and doing football like I loved doing every whatever it was Tuesday or Wednesday night was mm. was an escape for me but actually created a trigger to let every you know to let it all out really um yeah and that was and then, and like I say, then in, in two thousand and uh, what was it then two thousand and um, sixteen? Um, I, would, I would definitely say again, I suppressed the emotion of that. Really, um, you know, inside my own four walls, I was I was obviously upset and, and and in tears for for a long period of time. But externally, it was kind of no crack on. It's work, work, work. You know, I'm working in elite football. Like we crack on season's not finished um mm. whereas uh, that was that was not healthy to do yeah um, I us say it, it took me away from the pillars of what I am as a person which is positive and you know maybe I stopped going to the gym and doing all the things that actually create positive influences in in my life and make me who I am mm. um, and then on the flip of that because a year later it happened again um, you know, I guess it was it was such an acute space of time that that I, I just remember instantly, to be honest, almost having a word with myself saying you're not reacting the same way as you did last time. Mm. Like internally, I just almost had this something inside me that just said that that's not happening. Um, and then I was speaking to my mom you know, on a daily basis, I remember, you know, I was driving to work, yeah, I was upset, I was crying, I was in tears, you know, um, and, and, you know, she lost two brothers, so she's been through that experience herself, which was a, a very good soundboard, um, and I remember her saying then, and also back in 2005, I was about to, you know, embark on my GCSEs, I remember her saying you need to go and get good grades and you need to do it for your uncles and and it was a similar sort of thing then ten years or eleven years down the line, you know in terms of well you, you've got to go and seize your life now like this mm-hmm. is not you know, you've got to go and live your life for these people who now don't have that opportunity so um, but live your life for, for me but
1: you know, yeah, of course then, the, the, yeah that was
0: those things haven't happened to, to to hold us back for the rest of our lives. So, um, yeah, I hope that answers your question anyway. A bit of both really, like there was a lot of suppression now in hindsight and it took me, you know, four occasions down the track to, to actually flip it the other way and go, no, 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 that doesn't happen again. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm, okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. I've So, so many of my clients will come to me and that they, they have been through some sort of life-changing event. So not everyone, but a lot of people, they might've been made redundant, or maybe they their boyfriends left them or their girlfriends left them or their husbands cheated on them, or something has happened, you know, like they've lost a loved one, something has happened. And it's kind of been this spark that they needed where they was like, I'm not, I'm not okay. I need help. I need guidance, but there's, I was looking into the other day, um, the four levels of consciousness. And the first level is basically victim mode. So everything's happening to me. Um, You know, I'm a victim of this story and everything's happening to me. The second stage, which is where most people are, where they are aware that, you know, good things happen, bad things happen. We face challenges and they're looking to improve third level is somebody who guides those people and then the fourth is like someone who's like Mother Teresa who just like gives everything up and like fully just like wants to heal the world at the expense of of themselves so most people sit between one two one and two and then three and four obviously like the 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 lesser of the two so what would you say to people who are still in zone one they're still at level consciousness what level one and they are feeling like everything's happening to them they are you know like they're they've just riddled with bad luck and all of these bad things are happening towards them
0: yeah I think um you know, I think I mentioned previously I, I'm a big fan of, of a couple of podcasts, and one of the key themes, which you know is it, with high performers and different things and um, it's hundred percent accountability mm. you know regardless of any situation, it might not be your fault, but there's something along the line within the chain of events that was your fault or you contributed to so there's a there's a there's a saying, isn't there? you know the most dangerous zone is the comfort zone.
1: Mm. So, yeah
0: um, yeah so uh, several phrases you could use for that but um yeah i would say so so victim mindset and it's interesting actually because uh, I've, I've potentially been invited on, a, on another podcast on the elite sport kind of setting. and um so in my research I, I was listening to it the other day i've never listened to it before so i was listening to it and it was with a a very famous uh, footballer a guy called paul walsh who used to play for liverpool and everything by right, way back in the 90s and he's had his struggles with alcoholism and different things and uh he actually talks in depth about victim mindset and he's now like in his 50s and he's only just accepted in his 50s that he had a victim mindset since he was 18 <laughs> he's never had any gratitude for the he's played for england all sorts yeah and he's never had any gratitude for his career until the last three to six months of his life in his fifties. In
1: his he wow. never
0: actually appreciated that I had a good career as a footballer. Mm-hmm. All it was ever. This manager didn't pick me. You know, I didn't do this, this, this. And when now in, in his new say, because he's, he's had some professional help, um, he, he talks and it's really interesting. He talks about times in his career and he said, you know, this particular manager... I was always thinking, you didn't pick me, you didn't give me a chance, this and the other. It was like, I was drinking every day. (laughs) I was completely unprofessional. I was at 70% of my uh, capacity, my potential. And this guy had put his faith in me and signed me for a a significant amount of money. And I'm letting him down every day because I can't turn up for work and be 100%. Mm-hmm. and i have only just realized that, and i don't even know how old he is. he's in his 50s anyway and he's only just realized that now and he, he was basically saying it starts with gratitude ultimately if you if you can't have gratitude then you will always have this this mindset you know of uh of, of being a victim kind of thing you know um, I think and I, I always say oh sorry um, I, I was just
1: gonna say i love how you <laughs> not at all I love how you you, just by hearing you say this he realized that it it was a mindset issue you know and when you realize it's a mindset issue that becomes then something that you can just decide like that's the decision you know he he realized it was a victim mindset that he was in it's it's it And instead, like the opposite of that would be that, you know, it's something that you actually physically have to change. He didn't need to change anything about his career in order for him to accept. He just needed to change his mindset. And that is just in like for me, that just blows my mind that so many people will stay stuck within this tiny little box that they put themselves in. And it's like, poor me, like this has happened to me, this has happened to me. And, you know, life should be easy and, and uh, this sh- this shouldn't be happening this way. When really, if you just gave yourself a little bit of perspective, yeah, absolutely like operate from a place of gratitude, but just give yourself some perspective, you're able to see like a whole different a whole different like scenario and th- this is actually really funny so um i live at the top of a road and if you go down the road you get to the beach and the like it's the it's a main road and there's like ha- flats on either side and i think about this all the time i've never actually told anybody this but if you walk down one side of the road it's that the sun kind of covers, so it's it's really cold because where the buildings are, it, sh- it shadows that pavement. Whereas if you walk down the other side, it's always really hot and really warm because there's not really much breeze and like you always feel really hot on that side. And I used to live on this side of the road. So if I used to walk down, I would always be cold. And it was only when I moved house that I realized if you walk on the other side, it's actually warmer. And so for me, that was just like, blew my mind with perspective. I was like, fuck, I could literally be warm the whole time because I was such a creep, like, um what's this phrase, creature of comfort on that side. I didn't even explore that side. It was just like this is this is the only option. And I love like I just I just love how I experienced that. And I was like, wow like perspective's incredible when you just look at it from a different angle. And that's what mindset is. That's literally and even,
0: and even further to that, you know, with that example. So I bet at times when you were doing your walk on the cold side, you were like, oh God, it's cold. Like I'm so cold. Yeah.
1: Know? Moaning. <laughs> yeah,
0: Moaning. And now on the other side, you know, Sydney gets hot in the summer. You're like, oh, it's too hot. Like, you know, so then you'd you'd love the shade. <laughs> I think you, you know, it's it's crazy, you know, it's crazy. And we're the same here in Dubai, you know, I've lived in the north of England for a long time and it's it's like Hurricane surely, you know, it's absolutely freezing all the time. Um and we went back, like I say, last last week or two weeks ago from intense heat here. And I'm like, oh, so nice, mm. loving it. You know, And then you know, we come back here and it's hot again. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's nice actually. It's, yeah. it's, it's strange, strange. And that's just how the human mind works, right? Like it's um it's it's a, it's an absolute minefield. Um but you know, you've gotta have that, it's gotta start with the gratitude, I think, um, and a hundred percent accountability. You know, to be honest, when I when I moved here, I had a bit of savings. That was it, you know, I was I was war training around different beaches and public parks and all this sort of stuff. And now we're in two clinics in one of the most prestigious hotel resorts in the world. But it didn't come without Casual. A daily a <laughs> daily kind of no, but you had to wake up uh, I'm up at five every morning and I'm seizing the day and I'm getting after it. And I had some savings, but they were gonna run out at a certain point. So I had no clients when I came here. I had just this money so I have to go and find it like backs against the wall you know if you're hungry you've got to eat Mm -hmm. like it's that's the the best way really like what do you want for your life because you can go and get it but you have to um, identify what needs to happen and then carry it out
1: do you think you would be in this frame of mind with this level of success if these events hadn't happened to you Absolutely not. Mm. Tell me, more. Not. what do you think you would? I mean, Where would you be?
0: I think I would still be working at a professional football club because that was always my passion. Um, I was doing that anyway, and I was, you know, looking back, I was on a, a very good career path. I was, um, you know, a first team physio in the football league at a high level, at a very good club in Leeds United, at Bolton Wanderers. At a young age, there wasn't many people at my age um in that position you know a lot of people are between the age of kind of 40 to 45 to 50 before they're in the real senior roles of premier league clubs so that's another 20 years down the track for me so it's still a a very good um amount of time for me to get there um but ultimately you know the the things that i valued were spending time with my friends having freedom really of wanting to go away for a weekend here and see my mates, um, you know, go on stag do's and life events that, are, you know, weddings like this wedding that just happened. You know, if I was working in football, it was the first weekend of the football season, that wedding the other week. So if I'm working in football, there's no chance I can go to what it was one of my best friend's weddings. You know, what am I going to regret more? Going, working in at a game or not going to this you know significant life event because when we're old men sat there you know on death's row <laughs> we'll still be mates you know whereas the football club might have might sack me at any point you know it's just the nature of the industry everyone's probably going to get sacked at some point in, in professional sport um, and that was the decision really and that was triggered by the loss of Two good friends, where I was like, I've got to take control here because I'm I'm not in control of of my time and my destiny. Like I, I've got to go and and do it.
1: Uh, I'm so glad and- you said that about being in it, it, like having the realization that the role wasn't right for you, and that you're you kind of had the ability to look long term and be like, well, this I'm probably going to get sacked from this role eventually, so why not just start creating yeah. what I really want now and I think yeah. that that's whilst a, the, a lot of my listeners won't be able to relate to to like what you do as it, for your career we can definitely take that lesson and implement it because I reckon it's probably like 75% of people are in job roles that they hate
0: yeah yeah exactly so, so you know the, there's a fine balance to be struck you know uh, just before we had this aspect of the conversation, I was talking about waking up early and putting in the hours, 100% accountability and doing everything. Yeah. But there also is a balance of that. If you're sacrificing, you know, if you're sacrificing too much of things that actually give you very good mindfulness, seeing your family, seeing your friends, traveling, whatever that is, um, then that's going to negatively affect your working life and your motivation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, look at like when I first went into football, I was full of beans, you know, it was the mm-hmm. job I'd dreamed of. And even though it was at Mansfield, a low level, and we you know, only got 3000 people on the games um, every week, arguably I was probably in one aspect happier at that point than when I was at Leeds United in front of 40,000 games. We've got 40,000 people there. And that's the euphoria that I'd always dreamed about, and the environment i always dreamed about.
1: Why um, it was
0: probably because of these life events, and and the fact oh. that you know I'd grown up a little bit more, and I'd realised that y- y- you make a lot of sacrifices, and I, what yeah. are those sacrifices worth? Because it's not it's not a finance it's not financial, right? Like it's it, these are these are the the things that money can't buy, you know, time with your friends and events and. All that, um, so that's that's what I would say. And actually, I think and I've had this conversation, and I know some clubs now do do it, where cause it's kind of an unwritten rule in football, where you can only take your annual leave at the end of the season, and you know you've got this four to five week period, and you've just got to take all your annual leave then. But then for the next nine ten months, it's no days off unless mm-hmm. like you've got a day off randomly, kind of thing, Christmas Day. Even Christmas Day, you know, we, we work. Um, I don't think that's healthy from a mental health point of view.
1: Work on Christmas I think Day.
0: Yeah, yeah, Christmas Day. And obviously that's that's just the nature of the beast. You know, football is there's games on on Boxing Day and, and that's that's just the industry and that's elite sport and you've got to accept that. But, um, yeah, like if I was to, let's say, go back in and lead a department in the future in that industry, I would 100% allow my staff to take five, six, seven days off as normal with annual leave when they want. Maybe apart from the Christmas period because of just the way the games are, there might be certain times, but at kind of quieter points, I think you've got to go and do it 100%.
1: I've
0: got a member of staff who today is going to fly back to the UK for three, four days. Um, One of my new members of staff, so he's not been in the building very long. like three months, but his girlfriend's meant to be moving over or is moving over, but there's been a bit of a delay with her visa process. And um, oh, he's not seen her for three months. And he's like, "Oh, can I go there? I was like, Why are you asking? Yeah. What are you asking for? I'd rather um, you go three days back to England, see your missus and your family, come back happy, and then graft for me for the next three months than grind through for the next, you know, however long, unhappy, yeah. you know, go out there do what you've got to do, you've worked hard since you've come in, Gold.
1: Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that message because why does it take people so long to realize that, that like, you know, a job's a job and if it comes at the sacrifice of your happiness or things that bring you joy or, you know, feeling full, why are you doing it like you can make a living doing anything like absolutely anything and if your job isn't so what if you're safe and secure so what if it's bringing you income there is so many people especially those in the western world we've got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and there's literally no end to what you can do and that's from me who used to be an events manager and could never imagine me never like being in any other career. Who now, you know, I work for myself and I like yeah, just entirely different. I work for myself, I manage my own time, I, I do what I want when I want. And that for me is freedom. Like that's what that f- freedom means to me. And it's yeah. available to anybody.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, you, you, you know, you've touched on the word. I used it as well before, but freedom is the one thing that as human beings, we there's an innate thing inside us that is fight or flight response, right? Like if you don't feel free, it's almost like something's threatening threatening you. So it's going to cause you some sort of anxiety, heightened tension in some some respect. So... Um, You know, to answer your your question that you said about why don't people kind of see that? Well, I think there's some responsibility from employers, for sure. Like the messaging that comes out. I'd love to actually sit with a panel of, of company owners or whatever and ask that question. What would you rather? You know, would you rather unhappy employees just, you know, coming in, doing the bare minimum? Or would you rather empower your employees to give them such freedom that, that they want to, you know, the, the, that they'll go to the end of the earth for you. I think it's Richard Branson, actually. I'm reading his book at the moment. And he, he talks about, um, you know, your staff, um, should be empowered that they can leave whenever they want, mm-hmm. but you should make them feel so empowered that they never want to leave.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And but organisations aren't aren't built like that you know or orga- if you look at traditional organisations that have been around for for years and years and years like some of the biggest ones in the UK they're not built like that they're not built to build people up they're built to make people want to chase the promotion and yeah. then there'll be like five people 10 people going for the same job and then if yeah. you don't hit it if you don't get the job well maybe you can try next time or maybe you can try next time like it's, it's yeah. not, there's not enough. There's, there's there's so many companies which aren't built like that, and I think that you know it comes down to the individual to go, what what do I want? What do I want to do here? What am I doing with my life? What what brings me joy? And then go yeah. and find that. And if it's if anybody's listening to this and you're in a job that you are underappreciated and you aren't earning the money that you want to be earning, and you're slaving your ass off in an office or doing something which is just draining the soul out of you, please just quit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please just get but, out.
0: But even, even the finance, you know, I think it's important to we talked about it in the last pod actually about money not being the metric. You've got to change <laughs> the metric, you know. So actually the freedom. And the appreciation that you mentioned there—that's mm. the metric. You know, yeah. if you're getting that from your employer or from your job and uh, or whatever, you know, whatever aspect of life, your partner even, then mm. great, keep hold of that because you know you're not going to find that, like you said, in many places. You're not going to find mm. that. Um, whereas if you're only focused around um, kind of the the glamorous side of things, the finance and this, that and the other, and you're willing to go and leave a very good company to chase the money,
1: Mm.
0: there's every chance you're going to be underappreciated in that role and overworked. You know, you might you might earn 10 grand more a year, but actually when you put put it down on paper and calculate the amount of hours, you're probably paid a lesser hourly rate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, so you and you've lost all this time with your family, your friends, you've lost your balance. Mm -hmm. um by doing so so yeah it's um
1: yeah it's probably
0: a debate it's probably a debate that will always occur but ultimately like like we have said there it comes down to um to gratitude and it comes down to identifying um you know something that's that's deeper than deeper Mm -hmm. than money
1: so why Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. The why. Exactly. No, I didn't come here to to just earn loads of cash. I came here because I wanted some flexibility and I wanted a better quality of life.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I knew there was an, a a possible niche for working with footballers here.
1: Yeah. But
0: to be honest, as much as I do work with footballers, my gem pop guys use the buzz phrase. Uh, I love working with them. Absolutely love it. Like some of the best hours of my day are with the Gem Pop guys. They're so grateful for the impact we're having on their lives on, you know, got people who couldn't even walk in the building and were three months down the line were out running down the beach or doing a 5k with them. And they couldn't even walk in the building because their knee was in bits. Like you've changed someone's life doing that. Mm -hmm. There's no amount of money or whatever that, you know, that can, that can buy that they could spend or whatever. There's nothing. (laughs)
1: I love that I I, and fulfillment is like one of the most important things where we started this conversation where we are now is just I love how, how we've gone from you know you explaining all the challenges you face into fulfillment and just finding that inner peace and I think that I talk very often about how we've got an internal world and an external world And internal is everything from the skin in and external is from everything from the skin out. We have got no control or we've got, we've got no control, but we've got a a level of influence on the things that are going on external to us. We can't control anything that's happening around us, your partners, your husbands, your kids, your family members, you know, your, your jobs, everything, you've got no control over it. And there's so many variables that can happen with all of these things that are happening to you externally. And if you're placing your happiness on any of these things, you can be prepared for that to potentially, you know, end and Instead, if we bring our attention to where we are fully in control, which is our internal world, which is the part that most people forget about, you know, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, everything that's happening internally, that's really where your power is. It's really where you can find the fulfillment. And that's exactly what you did. You was like, you know, all of these things that happened around you that had had a direct impact on you. And you had these, you know, that well, you experienced all of this emotion at such a young age and you had a choice. Do I either make this part of my story that, you know, creates this part of, you know, my, me, where I just stay and, and I'm, uh, and I don't go and achieve. Or do I allow this to become part of me or do I allow this to fuel me? And that's exactly what you did. And I, I, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> at the time kind of made it happen. And like I say, you know, I've I've really taken um account accountability for now mm-hmm. educating myself from a mental health side of things and reading you know, I read more on probably psychology and mindset and things like that than I do. Um Science now, which to you read know, yeah. a lot of, of of really boring scientific articles, put to sleep. But not, <laughs> now, now I read more on this side of things. But in terms of trying to achieve people's potential with them in the room here, it's so important to to realize that. Okay, so we've got.
1: Can got I ask a question client. on that? Sorry, just before you move on. So you you you've mentioned a few times like your your clients' potential. How do you kind of, how do you find the potential in people and pull it out? What do you do?
0: We will put them through unbelievable amounts of biomechanical testing and muscle strength tests and all sorts. And we will find, you know, even if there's a 2% difference in the left and right hand trick, we will find it. Yeah. Um, And then we know we've got to work on that. And that's the thing that's holding you back from your potential. Um, and we'll source that whereas you know in terms of I was going to use an example I can use now anyway Um, you know the gem pop guys we've got one guy who um, is working with us at the moment with a knee injury and every session without fail without fail he says 10 times I can't do it so
1: that I can't do it as soon as you say that you just give up
0: yeah yeah. so we just say we're we're, i mean we're pretty ruthless to be honest but we're just like okay well we're 10 minutes into your 60 60 minutes now and we aren't moving from this spot until you've at least tried it yeah and when you try it then we'll correct it if it's slightly incorrect in how you've executed the task but i'm not going to give you something you can't do because we're a specialist in this area so we know we know what you can and can't do and we know what's safe to do and what's not safe to do We've work with you for the last two months so we know we know where you're at um and every single session without fail he, he does it it does the thing it's it's a complete mindset thing he's just got this this block um and it'll happen again today by the way <laughs> um but yeah um and then you know also making people recognize as well, the progress. So he'll go, I can't do it. And then you go, well, what's your goal? Right, my goal is to get back running. Okay, yeah, so if we don't do this, you can't ever run again. Simple as that, yeah? So do you want to get back running? Because if you want to get back running, you better try this. If not, then see you later, have your money back and wish you best of luck.
1: <laughs> mm, love it, brutal but you know it's you can't force someone to do something that they don't want to do or they don't think that they can do so you know that's a really great example of how that works for you when your clients are kind of saying I can't do this and they've got you there going yes you can yes you can but the reality is so many people don't have coaches so many people don't have that influence on them and so you if we were to take that example and apply it to like your everyday person what is it that you're telling yourself that you can't do based I think it's on your you're, systems and not your yeah,
0: ability. yeah yeah and you're too focused on the end goal as opposed to focused on the step by step so that's why he's saying i can't do it because it's all it's a big daunting end goal so like for this particular chap you know he's he's too focused on doing 10 reps of this thing. I'm like, just do the first one. Do you know what I mean? Do the first one, then we'll do the second one, then we'll do the third one, then we'll do the fourth one until we've done 10. Stop worrying about the 10 before you've done the one. Um, and I think as well on the previous podcast, we talked about the ladder, right? Like you don't focus on climbing the ladder. You just step on the first one. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's how it is, you know? Um, so... Yeah, it's, it, and that is probably more um, applicable to to the people or the population you're talking about. You know, it covers, covers everything, right? Like somebody might want to become a millionaire. All right, well, you better start saving your money and stop yeah. spending it. Yeah. <laughs> and cut out your bad habits. You know, if you're going out boozing every weekend and all the rest of it, you better probably stop that because that's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. And start investing money. Um, you know if you want to lose a shed load of weight stop eating the donuts like you know start eating healthy and get your runners on and start getting some steps in um don't focus on the loss of 10 15 kilos whatever it is just do it bit by bit and have consistently good habits uh, yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think that i i love that you just we we've kind of tied that example in because I talk so much about belief systems and it really does come down to your beliefs and you know your clients are lucky that they've got you there going I'm an expert I see this potential in you I wouldn't be making you do this or asking you to do this if it wasn't available to you so little shout out to the listeners what are you telling yourself that you can't do that really is just a belief and it's nothing to do with your ability have a think about that because I see it all the time and you know what us as coaches Chris you'll know that you know we see so much in our clients that they can't even see in themselves like I see it all the time a lot of my clients you know will come to me with insecurities or low confidence low self-esteem no self-worth and I'm like well I'm looking at you as a human being and I don't see a reason for you to not be confident I don't see you are I know that you're worthy I know that you're enough as a human you don't need to be anymore and they, they just can't see it that like you know at the beginning of our programs at the end they absolutely can but nothing changes externally the only thing that you change is your mindset towards the situation towards you and yeah, yeah I just love that I, I love that you said that and and how that ties in so well with what we've been discussing
0: yeah and what would you i mean you you probably might agree or disagree but i would say write things down like i think we talked about goals before and now i used to write my goals down and different things mm. um but like you know everyone everyone can write down 5 to 10 monumentally more but let's say 5 to 10 things that are positive in their life
1: mm. yeah of course cool. so- mm.
0: Yeah, when you ask somebody verbally, or oh, tell me something that's positive in your life," they won't they won't be able to verbally communicate that necessarily.
1: Mm, yeah, you're
0: there and you're thinking you write down, you know, a list of good things. Everyone's got bad things as well about them. So write down a few bad things if you want. The good will mm-hmm. always outweigh the bad. Well, ninety nine percent of the time, mm-hmm. uh, will always outweigh the bad. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a kind person. I'm, you know, happy. And, this and this and this, as opposed to, you know, I lost my job or whatever. Do you mean?
1: Yeah, so true, so true. You can even be grateful for the challenges. I'm grateful because I lost my job. I'm grateful for this challenge that yeah. I'm in. You know, I remember last year I had a really challenging landlord, and I remember writing in my journal, "I'm grateful for the challenging landlord." She's told me what I don't want in my next landlord. Yeah. <laughs> so you can write. Yeah. Your challenges and be grateful for those. I love yeah. that you do gratitude journal. Yeah, it's super important. Um, I could talk to you all day, Chris, and I think that you've shared some incredible insight. And again, I'm really just grateful for you for being so open and sharing your story. Um, just before we wrap up, what would you? like to share with my listeners that's one of the most important things that you know about mindset
0: um i think i've said it a few times but gratitude uh and 100 percent accountability and i think if you've got those two things that pretty much eliminates victim mindset um and also sets you on a very good path to achieve whatever those goals are that you want to achieve whether that's career-wise finance you know uh gym mm. health-wise um if you're 100 percent accountable for the factors around that um then you kind of eliminate that bad luck kind of thing um because really along the way you've controlled most of the factors you might then have a bit of bad luck along the way and <laughs> which does happen but yep. at least then when it does happen or if it does happen you can turn around and go do you know what i can look myself in the mirror and know that i did everything i could to achieve the maximum from this
1: uh, yeah.
0: situation um, yeah that would be the be the, the key thing in fact the it, I would recommend listening to the high performance podcast with Adam Petey actually. He was obviously um, just become Britain's most successful swimmer ever, I think. Mm. Um, but he talks about um, his kind of mindset. He's really into it. And um, he talks about that looking in the mirror and kind of knowing that he's, he's dotted all the I's, he's crossed all the T's. I, he's like, I can't get, zoned in on whether this guy's gonna set a world record you know a guy might set a world record three days before the event or whatever well I can't control that That's yeah to do. I've done my process and if on the day he beats me and he's better than me then I can look myself in the mirror and go I've maximized my potential I've done everything I can
1: mm-hmm. yeah love that focus on the internal let the external let the control just go because it's only gonna cause you more pain and hold you hold you back even further, really.
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah,
1: love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Where can people find you? Uh
0: yeah, so main one is Instagram, really, Chris underscore elite dxp. Um that's the main one. The business page is Elite uh training. What is it? Elite Sports Performance underscore <laughs> DXP. Sorry. Um yeah.
1: Like them in Should the comments.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes, thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Nikki.